Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Jesus Christ, what are you, the new Liberace, you know, put a new outfit on? <laughs> we're David, talking about okay. Spade. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. no. Talking about Spade? No, we're talking about- What have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Malux. Uh, we're talking about Paul McCartney, <laughs> the Paul McCartney. Yes. Uh, this is our big, uh, exciting uh, first musical guest I think we've had on the show from SNL. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a Beatle fanatic. And the fact that we got Paul, I'd sent him an email very casually because mm-hmm. I sort of know him, I guess, and uh, just gently said, we'd love to have you. And then, and then what happened next, David? I think we heard the next day. He said, do we do it on the phone or do we do it in person or how do we do it? And so we... We did it within a week. Well, okay. So from my side of it, okay, wasn't so easy peasy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> a lot of moving inputs. I was going on vacation. I was driving with oh, my wife. Right. My mother-in-law is Irish and stunning, and she's 91, and my son. And we're just driving through Wyoming, and we're just having fun on our way to Montana for a reunion type thing. And then our manager goes, McCartney can do it on Friday. And they said, how is Friday for you? both of you? We both said, horrible. It's absolutely couldn't have picked the worst time. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm in the mountains. I can't even hear him. Friday, McCartney, beat. Oh, you know. So then I'm not vacationing anymore. I'm like, oh, so we're at this three star because we don't like fancy pants no. places in Jackson Hole. And where the, the Wi Fi. You can catch fish in the pool with your hand. Hey, I'm in Jackson Hole. And then you just eat it. But the, uh, <laughs> the Wi Fi sucked. And I'm trying to do, what am I going to ask Paul McCartney? And so I had to go up to the Four Seasons at Teton Village. Teton. And check into a room for the night. It was $1 million was yeah. the room. And so I went up there in a lightning storm. And then the next morning, Jesus. I'm at a little desk. And I'm trying to get the laptop. We're going to zoom in with Paul McCartney. I'm very kind of nervous. And then on the screen, I can see that David is having... You flown oh, yeah. to New York, and you're, what's going on with you? I that was moment? heading to uh, sold out. I guess that's not really part of the story. Show your sold out show in uh, <laughs> how many in seats? Ohio? <laughs> that's not the point. And uh, I was going there, and I had to cancel my flight and uh, and do this, do this, and then go late to the show, and hopefully I make it. And then my Wi-Fi didn't work in my hotel, and it dropped out. The, the ten minutes while we're on. Screwing with it, I dropped out of from you twice. So I just said, if I drop out with Paul, go on without me. Oh, I just saw that technicians leaning in, guys with beards. There'd be a beard and then a rubber band and then more beard. They were just <laughs> leaning into frame. You're just sitting there and it's like, is he yeah. going to make it? Our producer, Greg, is on the line. No, we don't know. Paul's going to pop up any minute. I don't know if you're going to be on it. All of a sudden we see 
Sir Paul McCartney in, in our frame. Ooh, hello, how you doing? So we spent a good hour yeah. talking to Paul McCartney and- um, I didn't know that- if I could joke. I wanted to go, Paul, I'm kind of Dana's Yoko. I didn't, you know- No, uh, I didn't either. That's the thing with famous people. You don't want to turn them off very early that, you know- yeah. So you're a little careful because you you just want them to have a good time. We do get into a, what you Beatle fans love, I'm being one of them, is who wrote what when. We know there's Leonard McCartney every song, mm-hmm. but who did what, where, when, how. And we do get into that with certain songs. And I realized that was uh, really fun for Paul. And mm-hmm. just and they're lightning in a bottle, Len is a genius, but Paul... Um, did a lot with that band, and there was a period of time where he was the cute one, whatever. So, uh, and then uh, I was gonna say, oh, do you think you would have spelled the Beatles correctly if you had spell check back then? I did not ask him that. Um, I did. I do remember two things. One, I I, I paid about five years ago one hundred twenty five thousand for front row to Paul McCartney at a wait Sean wait wait one hundred and twenty five thousand. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a mark. I mean Ticketmaster is getting ridiculous. It's getting insane. No, I was at a benefit for it's a whole story, but for Sean Penn for Haiti, and you bid on these things, and I sort of accidentally was being bullied to go higher anyway. But I went, met Paul, great. He came out with his guitar in that little tiny trailer and, and was singing and talking. Gave me a drink. Hey, have fun out there. So I knew him a little bit from that, mm-hmm. which doesn't really count. And I also, in the old days, I took Brittany Murphy to uh, Paul McCartney. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Well, I think it was a date. I don't know. Paul and I, I, after I hung up- What a great front row, second row. After I hung up Jackson Hole, Paul (laughs) called me and said, who was the other guy on the Zoom, you know? Because he seemed a bit, you know, a bit dodgy. Me? Yeah. I go, that was David Spade. Oh, David Spade? What what is it? No. (laughs) He didn't call me. the engineer. No, I'm a he professional went, superstar. And I is went, that what I, am? I went scuba dooba doo, and he went do 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 do, and I went do do do. So anyway, that's my Paul. That uh, he did do. He'll do a little bit on this. Pod, he was fun though. Podcast. I have to say, he was fun, charming, and I was, uh, fun, very and funny. Nervous. Yeah, a lot of quips. A lot of quips. A lot of quips. But he threw was, in some Lauren impressions, of course, right? Um, he did go, you do a good Lauren. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> um, you, you'll find Paul is, um, he's just like a real person. You know, it's like that thing of like, you know. But Paul is, uh, he holds the mantle of the Beatles very um, classy with it. You know, yep. he doesn't, you, you kind of, you can't help but gush. And I do gush it's a little hard. bit. Yep. Um, I gush a lot. Sometimes I most... compliment you too much and you get a little red face. You've never one time- Well, I say you're the greatest. Oh. Okay, we'll talk uh, about <laughs> you're always saying I'm like a young McCartney. Now- I'm like John Lennon. And I guess I don't know. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, Paul. Oh, he's one of the most famous people in, out there, right? Is that, I would is that say fair? globally, well, not he's right. Who's more famous? I mean, there's Mick, there's Paul, there's, uh, there's a lot of people that are- Super famous, and he's definitely up there. And the challenge of this for us as podcasters um, is getting to start the podcast. We're not doing it. It's just not yapping like we are now. It's just <laughs> to ask the guests questions they might enjoy, ask some questions yeah. that they can't ask themselves. You know, Paul can't rhetorically go, you know, I did a lot with the Beatles. <laughs> you know, he can't bring the that up. The reason I'm a genius is because, yeah, yeah so we have Can to you believe how many songs I've got? You know, yeah, so, it's unreal. but it is fun to set the table for him and, um, Give him his props, and I do think weirdly, uh, get back did, and we talk about get back the documentary a lot, and I think it did couch Paul's place within the Beatles, 
a little differently. So right, if I is. were you, I would press play and I would have forward passed this a long time ago. So if you're still listening, I don't know who you are, but the actual interview is more interesting than these talking heads. Here's Paul. Is that him? It could be. It's a, it's a sighting. <laughs> <laughs> I like your environment. That's so cool. I, I live in a good environment. That is a wonderful oh environment, Paul. You had a kitchen back he there? He's spending the money. Let me go scouser for a second. Did you have a good brekkie, lad? All right, yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm just having my coffee. All right. <laughs> Instead of I'm having my <laughs> coffee, you say me coffee. I love that. <laughs> We're kind of, we're a little hyperbolic, you know, just we're excited like anyone else would be, you know. Paul, please don't mention that I look like I slept on my face. Don't bring it up a lot because people are whispering yes. already. No, I think you look lovely. I want to, I want to make you an offer, Paul, before we start, just, or just an exchange. Mm -hmm. But I, so you, your people sent me Flaming Pie in 1997. You sent 200 vinyls out framed and I got one out of the blue and I treasured, I love the album, love, the, love that. And I happen to be in uh, possession that NBC gave me as a uh, Beatles, capital Beatles, meet the Beatles, signed by all four Beatles. And there's only 16 Whoa. in the world. I don't know if that's true, but I will give it to you. I will send it to you tomorrow if you want me to. Because <laughs> you, you sent me flaming by. <laughs> no, you can keep it, man. You can keep oh, I was I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dana, you can send it to me if you want. Uh, mm -mm. No. Or I suggest you send it to Charlie Finnan. <laughs> <laughs> He's an Irish lad. Uh, Finnan's yeah. Irish. Yes. He's a bit of an Irish. Um, so, Paul, um, yep. where shall we start? There's where so did much... you meet Paul, Dana? Where did I meet Paul? Uh, yeah. I met him at Lorne Michaels' house in Long Island. In 1986, can we say it? Mm -hmm. uh, and I was out there. I'd gotten cast on the show. I was nobody from nowhere, and it freakily got cast on the show. And then I was hanging out at Lauren's house. He, Lauren's very intimidating when you don't know him. You know, he's like, uh, well, you will come out to Long Island. Maybe you could take Jack's room. And I was, oh, Jack? And there was always, it's where Jack Nicholson stays. <laughs> So I was in Jack Nicholson's room, and then, um, and then one day he goes, because he's friends with Paul Simon and our Paul McCartney, but he never tells you the last name. He goes, uh, Paul's going to be coming by tonight. So I, just, so I had, he makes you ask. I go, uh, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which Paul? He goes, uh, that would be Paul McCartney. Uh -huh. So That would be. That was when I, I met you and Linda at Lauren's house, and you guys would put the kids to bed and come over and we would chat when you played us a new song that had never been released. That was very cool. We had a chat about tug of war. What can I say to that? I know these aren't even questions. We're just going to talk for an hour. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're narcissists. So we just talk about ourselves. <laughs> we're not good at questions, but you just speak to how you met Lauren. How I met Lauren. Mm -hmm. Or when? I'm not, I'm not sure I can remember. Um, just, I've been coming out to the Hamptons forever because Linda's dad had a house out here. So, um, yeah, so how did I meet Lorne? Uh, it might have been on SNL. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it might have been out here. <laughs> you know, there's loads of answers. I could pick one and sound genuine. Doesn't matter. I, in actual fact, I'm not sure. It was either at SNS or out in the Hamptons. Yeah, you'd have to meet him at the show, probably. That's where most people meet him. Did you have to audition to perform on the show? Yeah. <laughs> I, did, uh, I sent him a, a tape and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was impressed, and he asked me to come to his house, and I stayed in Jack's room. <laughs> it's great. Did you find it haunted like I did? <laughs> yeah. I just kept hearing a voice. Hey. What's the matter? Not sleeping so well in your bed? <laughs> but now you, um, Lauren is been such a big part of our podcast, because we celebrate all things SNL, and then Lauren kept coming up naturally with all the guests we've had. And he's such an enigmatic, interesting human being, uh, uh, but also incredibly funny. And he's kind of like, the the long, further you get from the show, the more you appreciate the job that he's doing. And I don't know how they may do it without him. I really don't. Yeah. Um, no, I love, I love Lord. Uh, and like you, you know, I've known him a long time and he's become a friend and mm -hmm. not just yeah. the SNL guy, you know. And so we can talk problems with each other and like friends do and can sort things out. But, um, yeah, no, I think he's very funny and very um, laid back. It always, always reminds me of Jack Benny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I see that. I think he molds himself on Jack Benny. That sort of slow motion relaxation. Sort of, uh, the very sort of laconic... Uh, Thing. Very deadpan delivery. Yeah. And he has he has wisdom. Yeah. He he really is very good at taking a big subject and then putting it down to one sentence. Because I was at a low yeah. low point in my career, as there were many, and I was having dinner with Lord, and he just paused and he said, "Well, everyone knows who you are." You know, it was just sort of like everybody knows who you are, like. Don't it's a very good impression you do of him, by the way, Donna. Oh, yeah. thank you. I, I, I've had time to hone it. I, I was sh yeah. shy about doing it for him for many, many years. And then finally, yeah. I did it. And actually, everyone does a Lorne at this point, which Lorne knows. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a great mm -hmm. place to be. It's somebody who's very relaxed. You know? mm. Like you're about yeah. to do a sketch and you're terrified. And it's during the commercial break on 8-H, and he would walk up and say, and he'd have a glass of Chardonnay. He wouldn't drink it. He would just hold it to relax you. And he'd say, oh, this sketch has to breathe. Yeah. And that, that was it. So he's great at just encapsulating yeah. things. He would say things to me like that, and I didn't understand. Um, but when I, uh, Paul, do you remember this uh, incident on SNL when Sinead O'Connor was on and she tore up the picture of the Pope? Yeah. Yeah, you heard about that. So, uh, so when I was there, I was a writer, and uh, I was walking by when that happened. I didn't know the severity and the heaviness of it. I just, from Arizona, I don't know anything. So she ripped it up. So I picked up a piece of it and put it in my pocket and kept walking. And then um, I come around the corner and there's, it's dead silent. This is the only time in history you've been a musical guest there that no one applauded. No one did anything. It's just dead silent. They went to a commercial. And I come around the corner and there's Lauren holding his Amstel light. And he goes, mm, Irish. 
And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I don't even know what it meant. Irish people just, just tear funny. up pictures a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He's throwing oh, a. Man. I don't know. So, Paul. So, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Dana. Give one because uh, well, I was looking through all the songs, and there are some real toe tappers in here, Paul. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm oh yeah. I mean, for toe tappers. <laughs> I've seen. I'm looking at all these, and I'm wondering because we do stand up sets and all that. Do you, uh, when you go on tour, it's got to be such a heavy deal that you have a set uh, set list, or can you change it, or how does that go about? Yeah, you can change it. Um, yeah, I mean, normally uh, we we get a set list in rehearsal. Uh, right. Well, just so the whole crew knows what's going to happen. Of course. Yeah. Occasionally, you know, if I'm feeling in a very fun mood, I will just say, we're going to do something now that not the crew doesn't know about. And that, <laughs> that's like a fun moment, you know, and I'll just, we just throw in some song that the lighting guy doesn't know how to light. But I mean, normally, <laughs> keep on normally it's, it's the same set. And then if we've been in a place, so let's say we just recently, we did uh, Fenway Park in Boston. We did that two nights on the run. So the yeah. first night, we would have the main set. And the second night, we'd probably alter a few of the songs in case someone came to both of the shows. Ah, that's cool. So we do that. You know, we have the ability to sort of change the opening song or, I mean, we, mm. we yeah. So that's normally what we do. We, we don't normally do much more than that, let's say, because um, you put a show together. It's like putting an album together. Mm-hmm got it right and it's working and it feels good for you um i don't really see the point in changing it unless for the reason i just mentioned which is you know that, you know some, sure. somebody's seen it or once and what happens is you end up even the dialogue becomes it gets like a, a stage musical because mm-hmm. the dialogue is the jokes that work mm-hmm. of so, course yeah i mean you can try and do a complete new dialogue <laughs> yeah. every night. Yeah. But you might find it doesn't work quite as well. So what I do is I say, I tell a story <laughs> where and I tell the same story. Because mm-hmm. you know, we, we got a guy who came to our show who holds up a card, <laughs> 130. <laughs> it means he's been to the show 130 oh, times. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, I mean, I love him. But I do say to him, it's slightly obsessive. <laughs> but yeah well, so so that's the thing but it really is a, a set list which which we love we right. love I, okay. I have a follow-up listen to this so paul you're doing this you know your songs you've got them down and if you have something new you're going to say in between does that almost get you more nervous if you're going to tell a story or do something funny in between because that's a little more uh unfamiliar uh you know what um, I don't know. My theory about nervous and all of that is that when we first started, I used to get really very nervous. Mm. And I was trying to think why, because you know we were quite quite popular in the beginning, even. Mm-hmm. Um, quite. My thought was: I look at the audience and I think they all hate me, <laughs> so I've got to do something good. <laughs> I've got to do something good to make them like me. 
you know, mm. that was where my nerves came from. I, I think, you know, they, they're all looking at me like, what's he, what's he got? Um, and over the years, I, I suddenly sort of realized at, at one point, wait, wait a minute, they've all paid to come and see me. <laughs> so they probably like me. <laughs> once I realized that they probably like me, I really relaxed. Um, and, you know, just got to, uh, so yeah, I, I'm quite relaxed now. And even if I do some new stuff or try a trick, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm relaxed enough to do it. What I started doing a, a couple of years ago was like, um, it, it, coming to an audience that really loves you, for instance, if you haven't been there before, mm-hmm. which I love, if you go to a town you've never been yeah. in, because they're, they're more excited, you know. And I would I would feel this energy coming off them, and it would be like, oh, God, this is so great. So I started off then saying, um, just, just a minute, you know what? This is all so cool. I'm going to take a minute to take all of this in for myself. And then I walk off the microphone and just sort of stand there. Wow. And they all go, ooh. Yeah. I love it. It's a, it's a great thing with the audience. But I just think, Jesus, I mean, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit flashed of me just not doing anything, you know. But, but that comes with the confidence of what I said, thinking mm-hmm. they've come to see you. So even if you just stand there yeah. looking around and going, <laughs> well, Elvis, Elvis in Vegas would just go and do a pose and do a pose yeah. and just be Elvis. Yeah. And they wanted to love him up so much, you know, before he got to the song. So I think that the time yeah. has passed so much and so many people love the songs that it is like a church in a way, you know, because how much the songs have touched them. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What did I want to get off my chest recently? Well, it's probably something you got to get off your chest because we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We just keep things bottled up and then it starts to affect us negatively, David. Negatively. Yeah, it was something about when I was merging and the people weren't waving back to me and bothered me. But, you know, that th- mm-hmm. that's a small stress, but it can be bottled up and yep. get bigger. Therapy mm-hmm. is a safe space to get things off your chest uh, and how to yeah. figure out well, you know, you got to work through whatever's weighing you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And I, I was in therapy. I'm there here and there now, but for five years and, you know, it does challenge your thoughts. Cause I'm going to, this is kind of, I don't know if this is profound, but you are your thoughts in some ways. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking redundant, negative things or sad things or whatever, a therapist can kind of get you out of that kind of negative pattern so Mm -hmm. be the best Mm -hmm. version of yourself um you know and sometimes it can be small things it can be major trauma i think either way Mm -hmm. it's good to talk to someone if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just Mm -hmm. fill out a brief questionnaire get matched with a licensed therapist Switch therapist if uh, you're not into it. Yeah. Anytime, yeah. no additional charge. Mm-hmm. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash F-O-T-W today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash F-O-T-W. I just want to ask you, do you have any rituals before you go out? Something you eat if you want more energy? Like, I'll have a little bit of chocolate. Do you guys do a high five in the band? Or do you have any kind of stuff you're doing right before you go out? Because you're going for three hours, right? Or two, yeah. two hours, yeah. three hours? 
about three hours, yeah. Um, yeah, we do. You know, again, all this stuff, you start off just doing a couple of things and it mm-hmm. grows into a ritual. Yeah. You know, because yeah. mm-hmm. all- everyone expects it at a certain point. You go, let's just do this, this, then we go on stage, blah, blah, Ready, blah. Ready, go. Yeah. yeah. So, so what I do in my dressing room is my guy will come in, my show uh, manager, whatever you call him, will come in and he say, okay, that's an hour. You, you know, in other words, mean, you, you know, 7.30, you're going on at 8.30. So I go, okay. oh, okay, and start my preparation kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I do certain things. I sort of boil a kettle because I know I'm going to do like a steam thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> voice, I do that. And mm-hmm. then I do, for some unknown reason, I, I, I question it every night. I do, with the boiled water, I, I get a salt I get salt in a cup and put um, like a brine solution, which mm-hmm. I then gargle with. I've no idea if it does anything. <laughs> you don't know where the idea yeah. came from? Seems to work, right? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah, you know, so, so I do a few things like that and then sort of get dressed and into the sort of stage stuff. And then about 10 minutes before we're going on, um, I will go into the band's dressing room. Mm-hmm. And we then have a little sort of routine where we um, we do, uh, Rusty, our, our, one of the guitar players, will um, play a C chord and I'll go, let it be, let it be. And they all go, ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, <laughs> the So we just do a little burst of that and then we do a little burst of Hey Jude and they do the harmonies with that. And the guy comes and says, showtime. Wow. I oh, love shit. it. Scary. Yeah. How fun. Do you have, I, I saw Elton one time and backstage he had probably 300,000 outfits. Do you have <laughs> probably less than that? And do you, because I'm like, Elton, can't you whittle it down to just a hundred that you might wear tonight? Like <laughs> they have literally every outfit in America Tiny in the back. Dancer. And then he goes, that one. Or do they pick, or do you pick? Do you walk around and go this one? You're one's kind tonight. of pretty simple, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I pick my outfit. Yeah, I've got a few. It's there's not an awful lot of variation. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> simple. I've got a few jackets, few shirts, few trousers, mm-hmm. and uh, and beetle boots. So you know, I can I can make that. So you're still choice. wearing beetle boots, actual beetle boots, like with the I two and a half inch heels. So you- beetle boots. Man. Everyone's got to wear beetle. Boots. It's that's the sort of um, that's just one of the sort of great things, uh, uh, which is like sort of memories and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff for me. Um, you know what used to happen with the Beatles was we'd show up in what we call our civvies, you mm-hmm. know, our mm-hmm. street clothes, um, and so four of us would be different human beings, and then we'd get ready for the show, <laughs> and with the Beatles often. We'd have the, the same the uniform suit, so we'd, yeah, we'd have that. Oh, all together, yeah. So, well, then suddenly we were transformed <laughs> into like, wow, this is we're like a group. It's like mm-hmm. you know, you're it's like military. You're like, wow, we're the same person. And the thing was that um, when we first started going down to London, we'd found this place that made these groovy. Spanishy kind of boots mm-hmm. with a heel, and so when you, when you got your outfit on and you pulled these boots on with a heel, yeah. you were now yeah. taller as well. 
Oh, it's yeah. a great look. Were you were a four-headed beast. Were you were a tall four-headed beast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you were like a four-headed beast because you were. It was the most uh, amazing transformation in history. Because then you were just badasses, right? When you got out there and got into your groove, yeah. You know, so yeah, that so that was it. I've always liked that, and and I I always think yeah, that's a good idea. That you pull these boots on, and you're you're a little bit taller. So I, I've become very used to them as well, you know. So uh, yeah, well, there you go. What's the thing you like? To, I wear sketchers, um, but because Paul, three hours. <laughs> I I I'm not a great stander. So when I do my stand up, which. Uh, uh, everyone's excited about but um when i do my stand-up <laughs> it's an hour and it's it's tough to get through an hour three hours has got to be tough on you but you're, you you seem to have absolutely no problem with it i blame bruce springsteen <laughs> <laughs> i blame him <laughs> i do I, I literally i know him and i say to him it's your fault man yeah take it easy that guy five hour <laughs> things and the rest of us who look look you know measly if we do an hour but the Beatles used to do a half hour. 30 minutes, yeah, of just hits. Yeah. <laughs> Dig that. <laughs> and then they throw you, they, you throw you in a van and you just be four Beatles that just flying it. all over the place. But you know how that, again, you know, it's lovely because you start thinking about what was the reason for that? Why did we do that, that, that? And I know that when we first started playing um, clubs and things, the promoter would come up to the comedian and say, how long do you do? And with the comedian, it was like four minutes. He'd say, can you, you can do four minutes? Yeah, okay. So the comedian would do four minutes. So we thought, <laughs> well, God, you know, if we do like <laughs> so, 20 minutes, it's a marathon. You know? so, so we stretched it to like it's an eternity if you do 18 <laughs> but the songs were two minutes essentially in the early days right yeah. just bam bam yeah. bam she loves you yeah 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 and the great thing was uh john would do some of the songs i would do some of the songs george would do some of the songs and ringo would so we split that through 30 minutes <laughs> yeah and i mean hardly done anything so <laughs> You shouldn't even get paid for that. It's barely. Well, uh, I don't know how you play the bass and sing like you do. A lot of people are amazed by that. You know, I, I tell people who ask me about the Beatles, I say, well, if Paul McCartney was only the bass player, he would be indispensable. You do other things as well, but I just love uh, love the way you play bass. You know, and the thing is, I never wanted that job. Bass player was the worst job in a group, <laughs> and it was always the fat guy. <laughs> How is a fat guy? <laughs> well, you were exotic because you were a lefty, and then you had that honer base for so long that it became sort of iconic and seemed pretty and lightweight. But what did you find it difficult? Because you can't just strum. You have to hit all the notes perfectly, and Ringo has to stay on time. It seems awfully difficult, but you took to it. Did it take a bit of time? It was, um, well, you know, I had a lot of practice in Hamburg. We had a lot of practice. Oh, you know, it's uh, it's that ten thousand hours thing that um, you know I started off. Malcolm Gladwell and I did start off playing like the fat guys played, which is sounds very kind of country yeah. western <laughs> almost. Yeah, so, um, uh, but uh, eventually, when James Jameson came along, the great bass player, mm-hmm. and started going. He's like, whoa, he's got a melody going. 
So that really turned me on. So I completely changed and, uh, you know, just enjoyed being a mormon riding riding around the, the the neck riding up and down yeah. and you know because love me do i gotta say is is a very simple bass line but that's what that song required i guess but that was probably your yeah. simplest bass line yeah and it's funny because we we do that in the show now you do oh and awesome that in the show now yeah and it's funny because you've got a little auto cue in case if you've got some of the songs have got a lot of lyrics mm-hmm. and so it's kind of hand <laughs> just check sure what you the gotta next have verse it. yeah love me do i find myself looking <laughs> at the audio cue and it's the same chorus <laughs> it's, it's love, yeah. love me do every time <laughs> <laughs> and then you went to please it's please to me now. which seemed like such a leap <laughs> please please yeah. me was kind of your next big your top tenor, you know, which was pretty sophisticated from Love, Love Me Do. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and you, <laughs> the, the thing about that was, again, looking back on it, is that um, it was it was all directed at our fans. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we were new to this whole idea of fans and autographs. Mm. It, was, it was wonderful and new and wow, you know. So Love Me Do. So there's the personal pronoun. So the next one is, please, please, me. <laughs> me. Then, there's, then there's from me to you. <laughs> and then there's she loves you. Was it- I want to hold your hand. <laughs> Was this intentional? <laughs> I'm looking through you. Huh? I'm looking through you. I'm looking you. through you. <laughs> so it's really trying to reach directly um, fans. I think I should do more of it these days. Actually, let's uh, let's do a was, redo. It's a good trick. I saw hey, you. Uh, wait, I have <laughs> okay. a question for Paul, real quick. L- love about, it. Did you did you know Elvis? Did you see Elvis uh, out back in the day? We met him. Yeah. Was there any competition? Was he just sort of big here, and then you got here, and it just two different things? Well, you know, we loved him. It was he was like the start of everything to us. We're in Liverpool. And, you know, you're listening to the radio or seeing the TV. And it was sort of old-fashioned kind of music or, um, I don't know, novelty songs and stuff. Mm. Okay. But then suddenly rock and roll came out. And so this this creature. A creature. Yeah. Yeah. It was was like unbelievable. It was so good looking. His voice was so amazing. The way he danced was so incredible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we just loved him anyway. And uh, loved him t- mainly, we loved him all the time. But after he came out of the army, we thought they ruined him because they, they Never put the trombones same. on the record and things yeah. like that, oh. which, which we weren't that keen on. But, um, yeah, we, we met him. We, we tried to meet him a lot. And uh, eventually we went to the house he was renting in L.A., and uh, we all showed up there and uh, like the forehead. Good God. Again. Yeah. And knocked on his door. And there, <laughs> there is where we get, it goes strange. Oh, really? Because my, my memory is Elvis came to the door and <laughs> let us in. And Ringo says, no, we didn't. No, somebody else let us in. Ringo, Someone else let us in. So, so I'm going with my memory anyway. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he was fantastic. He was really cool. We we thought he was just so good looking. 
He was uh, voted, <laughs> by the way, do you know he was voted the most handsome man of the 20th century by some poll or some magazine? Yeah, well. That Elvis, so the best looking man can also sing better than any human being. I mean, it's too much. It was yeah. too much. You know, so he was lovely and um, he was. He started playing on a bass. He picked up a bass. Huh. So I thought, well, here's, here's something I can talk about. So, you know, we talked a bit of bass and then he... Uh, he had what amazed us was he had a remote because in England they didn't have remotes for your TV. <laughs> oh, sweet! <laughs> yeah, uh, remote. remote we'd ever seen. <laughs> so he, he put his thing in his hand and he goes, and the television channel changes. We go, <gasps> <laughs> sorcery! <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, oh, that's funny. This record, Moher Sam, who played that over and over, Moher Sam. How did that go? Oh, yeah, Mohut Sam, Mohut Sam. Mohut, what was that song? Mohut Sam. <laughs> Mohut Sam by Charlie Rich. It's great. It's oh, a good, okay. good song. So, yeah, no, it was it was magic, you know, uh, meeting him. Um, and so we loved we loved him and everything. And I, I continue to love him to this day, even though he tried mm -hmm. to bust us to Nixon. What? Oh, was that when he was a sheriff or something? The tape of him saying... You know, those Beatles, they're uh, <laughs> American. He's been busting us, and I'm going, Elvis. I'm telling you, though, I don't trust no Beatles. I'm telling you that. I still love him anyway. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you go see him ever? Did you see him go live? Did what? Did you go watch him at the Hilton or anything? No. I, ne I never saw him live, though. Well, we only that meeting, but I never yeah. saw him live. Um, but he was great, you know, just, you know. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. I mean, just the fact that you guys got in the same room, that must have been pretty. You're probably both nervous, you know, to meet each other in a weird way. Yeah, probably, yeah. Have you been in, or has anyone talked to you since Get Back came out, the documentary? Uh, get, yeah. <laughs> probably have done some interviews. Yeah. We found, yeah. Uh, what's your feedback from the fans? I mean, I I, I found it just revelatory and, and amazing and brilliant. Uh just loved it. And I, I, yeah. I, I, we were seeing you guys up close. I remember you, uh, just the, the work, work ethic of you guys and the chemistry between the four of you sitting around. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Was it surreal? I mean, if there was video of me in my 20s doing stand up, there's no record of me at that age. And you're watching yeah. yourself at like 27 or 8. But how, yeah. how did you find it? I mean, you pro you were you were you enjoyed it, right? Well, it was yeah, it was kind of magical for me because um, that period had, in my memory, had always been a little bit um, dark because it was to do with the Beatles breaking up. So the first Let It Be film was cut a little bit with that in mind. So I found it a bit depressing. Yes, and I never wanted to watch the first Let It Be film. And so when Peter Jackson was uh, slated to do this, this version, uh, I said to him, Peter, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to like this because, you, know, um, you know, I got blamed for breaking up the Beatles. And in actual fact, it wasn't me. No. And I've been trying to explain that to people for years and years. And uh, he said, well, yes. okay, you took it on board. But then after a couple of months he'd been working on it, he got in touch with me. He said, it's not like that at all. He said, it's amazing. So there's just these four guys in a room and you're having fun and you're mm -hmm. working together. So he sent me a little clip which really saved my life. 
No. This is a little bit where John and I, well, I'm, I'm working on, uh, she came in through the bathroom window mm-hmm. and I'm just strumming on the bass and, the, and uh, John's on the piano. And uh, at the end of it, I say, Monday's on, Tuesday's on the phone to me. And I go, hello, Tuesday. How you feeling? All right. And John immediately picks it up. Yeah. Tuesday, he's coming around. I can't remember what he says. Tuesday's coming over. We gave this little routine, you know, if I'm ringing Tuesday. Um, And I thought, oh, God. Yeah, that's how it was. It was it was fantastic. So yeah, we um, I loved it. I really loved it. And it, you know, with with Peter, um, what do you call it? Re, remastering yeah, it. Yeah, make it so shiny and bright and making the, it's sharp mm-hmm. and everything and the sound and all of that. Um, it was like having an old home movie of yourself. Oh my god! Yeah, but perfect. And you know, and I really I forgave myself when I saw that because I'm thinking no. Everyone's everyone's messing around, mm-hmm. and we, mm-hmm. we're all messing around. We're goofing around. It's not like we we haven't got to do anything in a month's time yeah. with these songs <laughs> we haven't written yet. Fourteen songs, we, yeah. Like, yeah. So, but um, what were you forgiving yourself about? Yeah. Why Why did you feel you had to forgive yourself? I thought I was too bossy. I thought that that would been the problem. Mm-hmm. Was that but when I saw the film, I'm not being bossy at all. I'm just trying to get people to work. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I, totally. I I'm just trying to get us, you know, come on, guys. You know, it's two weeks off, you know. Uh, so, so, so people have said to me, you'd ask about FEMA. People have said to me, well, someone had to do that. Oh, yeah. Someone had to sure. do that guy. So I, I, I forgave myself. I let myself off. I thought, yeah, that's all I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to be pushy or I was just trying to get the work done. Uh, and the other aspect I thought was great is that the way we just goofed around. That's what I loved. I, you know, you, yeah. think, you think, but uh, John Cleese had a, a thing where it was um, work as a tool. No, no, play as a tool. Yes. So in other words, you're goofing, 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 and then you come to do the thing. So... Yeah, we messed around with the songs so much mm-hmm. that it made them not intimidating. Mm-hmm. We like we'd done them as jokes. Hello, Tuesday. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so when you came to do the song, you weren't as frightened as you might have been. It, it was just this stuff you've been goofing around on. I don't want to interrupt that flow, but it, sometimes you guys would to release pressure. I guess is sing some of your brilliant songs from the years previous, but in a funny voice. That always struck me kind of, that was very funny. You all would do that. I mean, you just. Again, that's the thing, you know. You take the wind out of it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd forgotten that we did that. You know, I I kind of knew we did it, but I'd forgotten the specifics. So Peter's film then, he just shows shows us working on the song Two of Us. Mm -hmm. And John and I decided (laughs) we'll do it like (laughs) Venture. Just the fact that, and we don't just do it for two lines. No, we like we do the whole bloody song minutes, and we're looking at each other, and you know that's that spirit was always there from the minute I met John. Yeah, till the minute the Beatles broke up and beyond. Actually, you know, there was always that sort of we're just two guys goofing 
our way through the world. (laughs) It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro recharge kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero, David. No DIY experience needed. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. If you've ever been to the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be, and that can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? Good question. What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Maybe it is. Why can't it? Guess what? It is. Now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, hold on. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. That sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information. All at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. I think sense of humor connects young uh clicks and friendships more than anything because that sensibility of what is funny and how are things funny and you guys had it together you could see all four of you kind of knew when it was getting good but i i totally relate to when i'm working on something of wanting to get away from it because you're sort of problem solving and it gives you a headache you know i've got a feeling i've got a feeling uh and then you go away go incredibly goofy and then come back it was really fun to watch i'm so glad that that is in this documentary. No, I, I must say I was so pleased with it because all the things we mentioned, you know, the way the picture was beautiful, it looked like it could have been shot, uh, you know, a week before, except it has this beautiful color. Gorgeous. These colors, uh, it's the color grading is beautiful. The sound is amazing, you know. Yeah. All the things that Peter, Peter's team did um, were so great. And then I say, you know, the way I was able to let myself off the hook and just think, and the, you know, the thing is, guys like you who are in the business, you all, all you and, and other people who I've met, they, they talk about what they liked in about the film was seeing the process. <laughs> sure. It's, it's riveting. We would, we would call the process. The process. But, you know. Well, um, we were glad to know that there was the work ethic the the, yeah. the genius part comes in, I'll use the word here, is knowing when it's good. Yeah. And and so you guys, uh, not quite right, not quite right. And then you would look at each other and get feedback. I always say collaboration is affirmation. It's not that they're writing the chords. It's like, yes, that, that, that. And it just comes out where George was a little persnickety about, I've got a feeling. Is it about, is a song called I've got a feeling? And then later on, he came to you and said, it's getting quite good, you know? Just little moments yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, we the process was just work ethic and going yeah. until it's good. <laughs> yeah. And don't stop. And, yeah. and, and we didn't know where we were going to do it. It was maybe going to be Libya. 
Oh yeah, that that was that was. Pro- I think you guys looked the coolest. That rooftop show, the beards and everything. That was was that the last time you did a gig together? Was that it? Yeah, that was the last time we ever played live together. Yeah. But all the fear was gone. <laughs> all the fear was gone by the time you guys. That was the. It was it was emancipatory watching the struggle uh, creatively, yeah. and then watching you guys in the pocket immediately, like just yeah. oh, so zoned in, and then you're looking at. John smiling, he's looking at you like, damn, we're good. You know, you could at least that's the way I saw it. Like, holy shit. I think that's true, yeah. And then John's doing a song and he doesn't know the words, so he just gets Kevin holding <laughs> the, the bit of paper. <laughs> and, you know, just the way we it was it was not important. It was we're just making a film on the roof. Yeah. Even though yeah. it was very important. <laughs> yes. And it, oh. it, it's a big film, but being able to treat it like, you know, didn't, this doesn't matter, was a, a secret with the Beatles. The, the people that uh, are like me and, and newer that, um, that you know, we, every year goes by, there's just certain clips you will see of you guys. And, uh, and they're the ones from TV. And so to get a, such a huge chunk of your life, it's not just a photograph, to get hours of you just sitting and talking, you get like, who would ever think they'd get to see that? If I saw it of myself a day in my life, 20, 30, 40 years ago, like not just a picture, it would blow my mind at what things I'd be looking at. Thinking, I don't remember any of that. I do remember that. Yeah. It's so riveting yeah. and authentic. And one thing, Paul, that you were like, you know, any songwriter goes through periods that are up and down. You were just going, you were kind of on an upswing around that album. And I, I think when you were, like sometimes Ringo or people would stop and sort of look, and I think you were doing Long and Windy Road or something, <laughs> and everyone the studio would get kind of quiet, like, "Uh oh, what's he got now?" You know. So you were in a kind of an yeah. upswing creatively at that time, right? Yeah, and it was funny because if you're on a creative upswing, the awkward thing is, like I was saying, I didn't want to seem like I was posse. The awkward thing is, you don't want to be the guy with the good songs. I see. You know, <laughs> you know, you want to just just let me sort of squeeze these in and shuffle them in between other songs. Uh, I mean, it wasn't totally true, of course, because George was coming up with something, and you know, there was all sorts. Well, of Abbey Road stuff. was being hatched out there, and then you went in the studio a month later, and then you get this work of art, Abbey Road, yeah. where everyone came together one last time in such a brilliant way. So that that's arguably right up there with any of your albums. With, with your lads. Well, you know, again, the nice thing about it is that um, John, you could see John could tell I was coming up with like sort of, you know, let it be. <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. yeah, we could tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, A friendly competition, I mean, yes. I had to, but I had to sing it a bit po-faced. You know, I, I couldn't go, let it be, let it be. <laughs> you know, when I find myself, I had to be like, this is, this is serious. Good old John, you know, yeah. he says, I'm now heart the herald angel sings. <laughs> yeah. He has to take right before the take. Yeah, he's he got take the piss. Taking the piss out of, out of you. Yeah. And then I've got a straight face. I've got to try and do this song selling this yeah. lovely feeling. <laughs> With someone making faces and Well, do, do you underplay it when you play it just because you don't it's not like showing off, you're like that's an interesting uh, yeah. concept. Yeah, I've never come into the studio, well, mind you, none of us ever have, and said, 
I've got this great song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just come in and we, we play it and stuff. And, you know, that was the great thing about John. He often did that. He'd try and take the mickey. Um, uh, just uh, right before you. <laughs> well, they were brilliant was, songs. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> but you, you asked him in the documentary, you said, have you got anything? I mean, you were asking for more ammunition, yeah. you know, like I yeah. got these, but have you got anything? And he goes, I got a, I got a real, you know, something. It's going to be a basha, <laughs> you know, kind of a non-answer really. But he, um, you know, when you guys did uh, If I Fell, two-part harmony, and you sang into each other's faces, and it's such a love song. You guys couldn't keep us, I mean, it must take a long time to you look at, right? If I fell in love with you, and you're looking at each other. I mean, how did you get through that? The song is wonderful, but how did you guys get through that take? I don't know. You know I don't know. I mean, some of the time you didn't get through it, but then, you know, it's like you, you've got to straighten up at some point just to make the record. But, uh, now we, you know, that I think the humor, like you said before, the humor from from the word go yes. of eating John, uh, it was that was what we loved about each other. And again, you know, you couldn't say you loved each other, no, because you're, you're Liverpool guys and you're trying to be hard, and you're trying to be tough. All right, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay, yeah, it's not bad. Um, so you never really praised each other at all, right? But, um, but you did it with humor. Yeah, and that was the Beatles. That was, you just goofed and sort of said, yeah, it's all right. That's what John Lennon had said about Pete Best, to your point. He's, he said, why? He goes, he, he wasn't a Beatle. And the Beatles are humor. You know, Ringo is yeah. really funny, and George and all you guys were so funny mm -hmm. together. One thing I want to ask yeah. you about, which I find interesting, like if John writes a song, and then he shows it to you, and you're going to play bass, and you're going to write some really cool bass, and... Did he ever just sort of go, hey, thanks for the bass part? Because even in She's So Heavy, some of the stuff you're doing on Abbey Road, because after these remasters, we finally got to hear your bass and Ringo's drums. You know, that's why the Beatles are still evolving as an idea, because they're, everything is... But your bass playing on some of his songs, I mean, he must have really loved the riffs you were coming up with for Dear Prudence or Come Together. Maybe you did that little... First part, I, I don't know yeah. which ones you did. Yeah, I think so. You know, yeah. The thing was when we wrote them, um, like you say, he'd come to me or I'd go to him. Um, we, that was two acoustic guitars, mm -hmm. so there was no question of bass. Bass came later. That yeah. was like an afterthought. So that um, and come together. That was a special uh, circumstance because he came in. And he, he basically brought in a Chuck Berry song. This Chuck Berry did a song called You Can't Catch Me. Okay. Which starts off, you come all flat up, here you go. It's, oh. it's the exact opening line. Yeah. So John brings in, I remember we're in Abbey Road Studio number two, and John comes in and he says, yo, listen to this one. I've got this. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. He come all flat up. And I'm going, John, stop. <laughs> That's You Can't Catch Me by Chuck Perry. Uh, he goes, yeah, I know. But it's good, though, isn't it? And I said, well, no, we've got to do something with it. So that was a case where we had to get it out of that Chuck Perry tempo. And we, you know, you couldn't change that opening line. It's just such a good opening line. And John had to pay Chuck Berry for using that. Oh, laser. okay. He come on oh, flat yeah. top. He got... 
early sampling. Groovy like slowly. <laughs> yeah. So the, so you wrote that bass that that was that was the opening that you wrote that bass line. I was I was on the session. He comes in, no no, got us. Yeah. How about we slow down? I mean, you know, got to do that. And suddenly we had this swampy groove. And then John just said, "It come on better." He said, "So I'm singing on top of it." And it just all it's, came it's together. One of the best, okay, it's one of the best openings of a song. And also him him going, yeah, that is you hard. know, he goes, shoot. Do, 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 do. I mean, that is yeah. just, uh, when you guys record that shit and you hear it back in the room or you go into the yeah. engineering room and you, I don't know, and you hear it back and you know it's so right. What a high that must be. <laughs> it, it was, man, yeah. I'm say. What about writing it? I mean, the the, the words are so crazy. Do you guys just try to out <laughs> crazy each other on the, the uh, lyrics? Or did you write the whole thing or does everyone just throw in something? Well, it's a funny thing. You know, I listen to songs these days uh, a lot, and a lot of songs make sense. Whereas, you know, mm. we're going, here, come on, flat top. You got Juju Apple. You know, Groovy like yeah. slowly. <laughs> the realist. And the, the thing, the truth is, because we loved that kind of art. Mm-hmm. We like yeah. the realism. We, 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 we got it. We like the mm-hmm. sort of crazy words and stuff. So, you know, whereas we would try and write songs like Let It Be mm-hmm. or, you know, um, more sensible songs kind of thing. Yes. We also yes. love that, that crazy stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Well, everyone tries to figure it out too, which is even more maddening. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know that's the thing. I I think what was good about it is that if you look at all the Beatles songs, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully my songs right through, yeah, for there's, sure. There's no two that are the same. Whereas you get a lot of recording artists who will, you know, we used to say the Supremes were great, mm-hmm. we loved them, but it was stop in the name of love right, yeah. or baby love. No, no, no. You know, yeah. it was kind of the same record, just, you know, they kept the same style. And, uh, we always tried to switch it. So it'd be like, oh my God. Come together. Yeah. Eleanor Ruby, Yellow Submarine. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. A day, a day in the life, or, you know, uh, here, there, and everywhere. Uh, she, she, she's leaving now, home. Now, Paul, if you do something like A Day in the Life, or even like later, with Admiral Halsey. I'm just, I'm just thinking of random ones, but yeah. when there's so many layers to them and so many change-ups, I don't know as much about music as Dana. I, I don't know. I don't you. know anything. <laughs> uh, but but it, it, it's so interesting to listen to, like, where do you stop? Where do you think this is it? Or where is it too much? Because you always seem to land on exactly what it should be, and we don't know the other versions, but it must be tough or with your bandmates to say, I feel like this is it, or we need one more this in it. Because it, it's they're so so mystical the way they come together and stop and start and the arrangements. Uh, I mean that in those kind of songs that normally just happens in in the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, luckily, unlike a lot of people these days, a lot of people will go in without a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the discipline that we sort of learned was you had to have a song, which does make a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we have recordings on the Escher tapes. We have recordings of you guys working so, out the know, songs. All of those songs like Day in the Life, we knew 
that was going to happen. Oh, when this bit comes now. And uh, so we had the framework. And then with me, like live and let die, you know, I knew that was going to be framework. Or Uncle Albert, we were talking about. Yeah. You, you knew that framework. And then you went in and gussied it up kind of thing, you know. I put live it, let yeah, die. I mean, up, sorry. Solid gussy. I put that up with Goldfinger. I, I think that is uh, it. Oh, live and let die it is It goes unreal. so avant-garde with the uh, like keyboards in the middle. Dun, 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 It's a, it's yeah. a, it's and a in concert, big song. In concert, you got the lights going, yeah. explosions. It's, got, and we got all the explosions in that. Yeah, <laughs> it's guy, great. The guy who does our explosions, our pyrotechnic guy, is called Shaky. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> good, good old shaky. Oh, you know, it's not gonna. You're not gonna feel any heat. I promise you. Is day in the is day in the life? Is that was that sort of? It's hard to pick a number one. Was that vote is the best one? <laughs> the, the most the favorite for the fans. It's uh, pretty damn good. I mean, what what happened was John came to my house uh, in London, and I've got like a music room up on the top floor. Um, and uh, so he came up there and we sitting around and he starts, it was his song, essentially. And he starts doing this. I read the news today, oh boy. And so we were working into that. And then after that, we're going to go to a second verse and then all that. And then we get to the bit, I'd love to turn. Oh, we're, yeah. We're looking at each other thinking, <laughs> thinking we're really being naughty boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'd love to turn you on. <laughs> Were you allowed to say on? Was that that was probably pretty controversial? It was a bit, it was a bit you know, yeah. But but it was like um, we knew as we looked at each other, we knew, yeah, we've got to do this. Um, and there was this little conspiratorial look between us. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> you're getting away with it. <laughs> I was always good to throw in something a little bit. Naughty. It's like, you know, took you back to being a, a, a naughty schoolboy. Yeah. It's like, you know, doing something that was a little bit. But um, no, that was a, a great song to well, what, write. What about when it yeah. goes ba boom, ba boom, psh? It's just like, it's got sort of a haunting feel to it uh, when you're singing. I mean, at the Ringo's Tom's. Yeah. Is that bum, what it bum, is? Bum, yeah. Bum, Ringo's Tom's. Bum, and then woke up, yeah. got out of bed. All of it fit together so beautifully. It's just one of those magic things. I guess you can't predict it. You hope. But um, I, you know what I find interesting? Not just we have only have so much time. How much the medley has gone into higher esteem as later on with your fans on the side two of Abbey Road that you put together with you yeah. and John. And, and it sort of is like worked out to be a perfect mic drop for the band. And in the end, doo -doo, oh, you know. Yeah. So that whole thing yeah. is, I, I love it. Every time I'm on XM listening to the Beatles channel and that comes on and stereo and cars are amazing now. So I really yeah. feel like I'm hearing it like maybe you guys did or something, but that, that piece of music is extraordinary. That's not Golden Slumbers where he goes, Go oh yeah, that's all in there. Oh, when you rip that out, that's. that's you never give me a moment. Yeah. No, no. I mean, why if I say uh, one of the great things about um, technology mm -hmm. is that uh, if you go into a museum, you'll see Winston Churchill's old papers, right. and they get older and crinklier as the years yeah. go by. <laughs> Beatles stuff gets brighter and sharper and more wonderful mm -hmm. as a technology. Yeah, you, so you can yeah. suddenly hear it in surround sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you 
hear every single little thing. And uh, that continues. Yeah, it's so extraordinary. That, you know, you, you're hearing all these little details that you kind of didn't know were there. So I think that's a, a kind it's, of great thing. I think the Beatles and are... I, and people, some people say, well, why are you remastering all the time? Why do you do that? You know, they say, I like the... I like the <laughs> who are I like these? The original. I know, who comes up to you? I want to meet oh, this what person. Doing? What are you doing with the remasters? <laughs> There's plenty good enough. <laughs> yeah. Shit. You know, and it's like, no, no, no. It's really good. In fact, we're just about to do, I think it's Revolver. And I was with Giles, Giles Martin, oh. um, George Martin's son, who's kind of in charge of all that stuff these Giles days. Giles Martin. And it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, you just, the details, it's lovely. Um, Revolver yeah, so, was is uh, another one. It's hard to pick. There's so much genius flying around, but Revolver was very special. When I went back, when I got, they were remastered, I listened beginning to end, and that one did kind of stay in my head a bit. There was a, some kind of revolution going on with that, you know. I mean, you had Eleanor yeah. Rigby on there. I mean, it was just, just yeah. No, it was time. It was a good time for us creatively, you know, because as I said earlier, it's like we we knew we didn't want to repeat ourselves. So, you know, I, I would come up with um, Eleanor Rigby or something and bring that Four in. 401, another one. This is <clears> and great. George Martin would sort of say, you know, listen, you know, this would be great with just strings. Um, and the others would all agree. I mean, when I brought in yesterday, uh, I played it to the guys Oof. and sort of said, okay, you know, not like, what are we going to do? And the ringer would say, well, I can't put any drums on it. And George, well, it doesn't need any more guitars. <laughs> so it was just me on my own. Mm. And George Martin came in and he said, a string quartet would be great. And I said, no, it wouldn't. Wow. You know, oh, because, so you stood up. <laughs> we're, we're, a rock, we're a rock band, man. Uh, so it, but he was very clever. George was a, the ultimate producer. He said, well, let's do it. And if you don't like it, we can take it off. He was such yeah. a gentleman. When you see him walking around, even get back, he's very well-dressed. And there was just yeah. this gentlemanly quality about him. Very calm. He's not, you're lucky you didn't have Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> that wouldn't have been. <laughs> That's the a pen. difference between you and Elvis. He, did, he had bad management. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh, yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what I did? Oh. No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, 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 we. I have, ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women, I thought, I want to learn a new language. You know what? I, I do have a, because uh, I'm, a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of, of, of French language. <laughs> Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn, and that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. 
and it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm-hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak listen and think in that language that's the hard part i think that's it and it's an intuitive process you pick mm-hmm. up the language naturally first with words then phrases then sentences and it's all designed for long-term retention which is great because i took spanish for 12 years and all i know is how to find a library yes biblioteca. so this one really really you retain it i learned german and i know has to western now abra no, has to brooder. No, nine abracabras vice fester. That means have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> if someone sneezes, Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't don't look like some clown. Desktop and (laughs) app options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. By Mm -hmm. the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, Mm -hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly on the wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of 50% Mm -hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. Can I, I don't know how much time we have, but I just wanted to talk a little, just a little bit about some of your recent stuff. Yeah. Egyptian station, uh, especially the song, I don't know. And that, and you know, it seems like journalists who really cares what they think, but it seems like they're a little more enamored. I mean, your peers are not putting out this kind of stuff. Um, you know, McCartney 3, which I just loved. Uh, I always like specific compliments. A Deep, Deep Feeling is such a magical song about the fist fight in your head between the light and the dark is the way I look at it, you know. And also yeah. All the Pretty Boys is so sweet. But anyway, um, you've just been so uh, – you're just going at it. And you have your book of lyrics, 1956 to the present. <laughs> Then you've got your album. Then you just did a tour, and Bruce Springsteen's your friend. That how cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, yeah, fun seeing you two in Glattenbury uh, together playing. Yeah, and, you know, um, I feel very lucky because of that. Because you know, and I do. I'm a little bit amazed at the fact that I'm I'm still into it. Yeah, because you know, I sometimes just think you know I should be jaded by now. <laughs> For sure. I am. I should be fed up with this whole thing. 
But, you know, each each time I do something like McCartney 3, yeah. which is basically just lockdown fun, you know, that yeah. was something to do. Lock, lockdown, lockdown fun, like that should be the name of the album, or the uh, subtitle, Lockdown yeah. Fun. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like Deep Deep Feeling was very indulgent because it it's wasn't going to be an album. Yeah. Yeah. This is just me playing around in the studio. But, um, yeah, no, I, I love what I do. Uh, I feel very lucky to be a songwriter. You know, it, it, it hits me occasionally. I go, shit, I, <laughs> I've ended fuck? up as a musician. <laughs> I've ended up like as a songwriter. I never intended that. <laughs> you know, I was to be an English teacher. Well, you're teaching us all how to keep going, you know? There yeah. is no reason to stop. And these songs you've come up with recently, I mean, Queenie Eye from the new album, I mean, you know, I think you're in another kind of upswing creatively these last yeah. last few years. And so it's a, it's remarkable and amazing. And we all, we all, we love you because we can say that now because it's 2022, because your music tells us who you are and you're sentimental and you, you're, you're sweet, but you also, you know, deal with everything we all deal with, you know? Well, and so it's been... Well, I'm glad I came on the show because, you know, I'm getting loads of adulation and you can adule anytime. <laughs> you know, Paul, every every question we do sounds like the Chris Farley show. Uh, I, I do have to say that uh, when, when you did the... Uh, the sketch with Chris on Saturday Night yeah. Live. Yeah. That, that is a was classic. Such a great one. I know that was so so lovely. Yeah. Yeah, and we were everyone was in a jealous rage quietly watching uh, that he got to hang out with you, and he it was one of the highlights of his uh, life. He said right after, um, and it was so good. I like when he said, "And in the end, the love you take." And he said, "Is that true?" <laughs> <laughs> is that true? And you go, "Yeah, I like that. I like the thing you played that so well." By the way, uh, uh, in the sketch because I rewatched it the other day. And I was like, look yeah. at Paul, plays this perfectly. Because it's hard. You could screw that side up too, but uh, you did great. There's a couple of things. That was like my favorite SNL thing. And then I, I did a thing with Martin Short. Yes, um, I watched that last night. Where you're penning the, yeah, the triangle. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that, you know. And Martin Short was trying to break you. I mean, he was... He was so committed, screaming at you that you can't <laughs> sing, screaming at Paul McCartney, quote unquote. Hilarious. It's hilarious. And then that was such a cool transition and the thing opens and then you go and play Christmas time. Yeah. 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 That was so, will you be at SNL on the 50th? I guess have you picked out what you're going to wear. That's in three years time. I'm going to wear Beetle boots. You know what? Sure, if, you're, yeah. if you are, Get I'm going to wear some too. Wear yeah. some too. I'm gonna wear some yeah, too. I want. Sure. I want to be. I want to be five ten and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'll take five nine and a half. Whatever. Just. just <laughs> we want to be two and a I'll half get, up up. But anyway, Paul. Um, this has been such a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Paul. Thank you. I th every time I see your show, you give a thousand percent uh, for people to go see it. It's such a great everyone everyone they know all the songs sing along and it's such a blast. Uh, look forward to seeing you again, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, okay, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. Thank you, boys. All right. I love you. <laughs> we can say it. We can say it now. <laughs> love you, too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? <laughs> we want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com.
All right, Dana, we got a little uh, AMA. Ask us anything. Let's do it. AMA, which means- A-U-A. Um, master, uh, ask us anything. Ask us anything? Wouldn't that be ask? It's usually us, ask me. A-U-A. Yeah, ask a us anything. What's the M for? It was ask me anything. That's the Oh, term. ask me anything? But it's us. I don't trust this. Jose this Sanchez Fournier. Fournier. I knew a kid named Fournier. Jose Sanchez. From Puerto so Rico. So Sanchez is his middle name? I don't know. His last name is Fournier? Shit, that should be the question. Fournier. Um, the question is, love the podcast. I like they start with that. Smart. That gets Thank you, Jose. You're both great interviewers. We found out that was a lie. Um, <laughs> this is <good. laughs> The lie detector. <laughs> that was a lie. We're not great interviews. He says, uh, have you always been that way or was it something you developed as your career evolved? Keep up the great work. Jeez. Well, first of all, we, well, I've got to take a moment. I'm getting vapors just accepting the premise that we're both yeah, great interviewers and how do we possibly do it and keep up the great work? This, this guy's the nicest. We got to send him a fly on the wall coffee mug. Yeah. We got to get our merch going. Uh, <laughs> we don't have a question. Where's the, the merch? Do we get questions mm -hmm. on merch? Yes. Okay, David, you want to answer do. this first? Because I have my own answer. I think we are okay interviewers, but we're good at talking over each other and we're good at laughing at our own jokes. And I think that is important. If a great interviewer is talking about yourself and over-talking your guests after you ask them a question, <laughs> if that's off. the definition of a great interviewer, then we are, David. Exactly. We had to take a cutting off class. Uh, we said, whenever they're about to say something really interesting, make sure you stop them in their tracks. When we have a guest in, in the studio, <laughs> sometimes I just want to reach out, grab their neck, and just start squeezing with they shut up. Shut up. Because I no want to talk. one's here to listen but to But I've learned to temper that violence. Yeah. I'm verbally violent. Sometimes the guest leaves and Dana and I do another half hour. I go, did they take off? Well, sometimes we don't roll cameras or mics, but David will just interview each other over and over. <laughs> so, Jose, thank you for asking. And yeah, I, you take well, your comment. You started with a, uh, a, you know, flattering thing and ended with a yeah. compliment. And uh, so, so we're not like all sarcasm. I do find sarcasm new word. I really uh, find people fascinating, and and I I like interviewing people, and I think everybody's got a story. And so if you like it, I think we're improving and learning yes. as we go. But if you like it and say it's great, I'll take it. But we're and not on, there yet. Honestly, we do actually try to not talk over each other and not to cut people off. But we get excited and we don't want long pauses. And uh, I don't know. Well, we podcasting is about authenticity. And so we authenticity authentically overlap each other and talk over them and interrupt them. So mm -hmm. we're just being very podcasty, but I noticed, David, just a personal observation yeah. that your research level has uh, kind it of- It has gone, gone up. Yeah, you got a lot of questions. So we're both learning. We've only done 360, 365 of these. Yeah. No, how many have we done? Probably 50. But I would just say we're a work in progress. Thanks for the good cheer, Jose, and we'll try to get better. And we're, we already took our class on how to answer questions longer. So we're really doing well there. Thank you, Jose. We'll see you on the cast. Ask another question someday, Jose. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. 
Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 